Hello and welcome to In The Know. This is the podcast where we talk about all things property. My name is Dominika Bartor and I'm a buyer's advocate with Henderson Advocacy. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm looking forward to keeping you in the know. Lisa, thank you so much for joining us. This is the In The Know podcast. My name is Dominika. I'm with Henderson Advocacy and it's an absolute pleasure to have you on board today. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. No worries. Well, the initial reason I actually reached out to you was I heard your talk on ARIC and I think I messaged you a few weeks ago just to say it's really incredible to see a powerhouse female in a predominantly male-dominated industry. It's no secret that there's a lot of boys in the playpen um, and I think it's really inspirational as a female myself to see you get out there and be so successful and really change the game. So very excited about our discussion today. Thank you. That's very kind of you. Thank you. Well, what I wanted to know is I would love to touch on your $0 marketing strategy maybe towards the end of our discussion, but I'd love to get to know you personally and get a bit more of a backstory, I guess the real estate runway per se for you yeah. know why you've selected real estate as an industry. I know that your partner and yourself founded Novak Properties about 20 years ago or so. Correct, we did, yeah. So we started this, uh, our agency, um, as you said, 20 years ago. And, um, you know, we'd always wanted to be unique and innovative. We always knew that we just didn't want to conform. Um, hence the, uh, as you can see, the antipasto bar. This is actually our office <laughs> behind me. Um, the six-metre antipasto bar, that doubles up as our reception area. Um, you know, and it was all about... Um, when we built this office, just to give you a little bit of a background, um, which was five years ago, we really wanted to integrate this, you know, digital era that we were moving into with the whole human interaction, making sure that we were still nurturing those, uh, those human relationships. That was really important to us. Um, we didn't anticipate COVID, however, but we're getting back there again. Um, but it's a, great, it's a great hub, you know, to be able to do that and, and nurture those, uh, that human, human interaction. Yeah, I agree. I think Jeff Jowett said to us once, and it was systemize the process and humanize the experience. And I think you and your team have done exactly that and done it phenomenally. So well done. Thank you. I love that. That's cool. Thank you. You're welcome. And I'd love to know, there's so many industries within Australia that, you know, people are quite successful in, but what drew yourself and your family into real estate itself? So Mark, my husband, has been in real estate his whole life. Um, even though we started the agency 20 years ago, Mark really had started in, in real estate when he came out of school. Um, it was something I had always wanted to do as well. And, of course, Mark and I met. Um, but I, at that stage, I was working in my family's business, but I had always wanted to be in real estate. Um, when we started our own agency, Mark had said to me, can you just come in and help me out with a little bit of marketing? And um, I kind of never left. And that sort of really transitioned into more of a general manager role. Um, but where I really always wanted to be was in sales. And it wasn't until three years ago, I just thought, you know what, I'm 46, it's now or never. Um, and, you know, the, the business didn't need me as much, I guess, in the background. Kids had started to grow up and I thought, I'm just going to jump in and do this head first before it's too late. And you've obviously done a great job. And you mentioned that you had multiple roles within the business in the lead up to the sales role that you've had for the past few years. Were there any key observations in the industry that you saw that led to that change of role? 
Yeah. So there was lots that I saw on the, you know, sitting on the sidelines looking in. Um, I felt like the industry was kind of a little bit stuck in the dark ages. I really did. Um, There were lots of things that I had observed. And, you know, I'm rewinding three years. I think, to be fair, we've come a long way in three years. Mm. Um, But, you know, back then I I thought there's just so many things. I couldn't understand why um, it took agents so long to get back to people. You know, if someone put an inquiry through on a Saturday night on a property, they'd be lucky if they heard from them on a Tuesday um, there was just a lot, you know, and then there was the whole social media thing. And I just thought this is a this is a great platform that is just so underutilised. And it certainly was three years ago. People just were not utilising it at all. So, you know, there was quite a lot of things that I had observed then. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think with the digital space that we're in right now, it's a bit, it feels like a rocket ship, so to speak. It's kind of like yeah. we've taken off on this digital space and you're kind of holding on for dear life, trying to keep up, and you're obviously leading the frontier on that front. Thank you. Yeah. Look, it was, again, it was, you know, something that I saw that was right there at our disposal, social media, um, and it was very, very underutilised in the industry. And by that, I mean, like, really utilised. You know, we have these things, these iPhones. um, We've got some of the best cameras, and yet people, all they were doing were just taking photos of sold signboards and putting it onto their Instagram, and that's great for the agent. But I was like, well, where's the value there for the customer? Um, And that's really where, and I think we're going to touch on that shortly, but that's really where the whole social media journey for me started. And it almost started by default, really, because I never entered into sales to be doing all this stuff on social media. Um, but it really started by by default. And it sounds like the approach that yourself and the team have taken at Novak, it's quite customer focused. It's not so much, like you mentioned, your sold boards and your sign boards and your face, which obviously is, is great, but it's very agent focused as opposed to the person on the other end that's living and breathing the sale of their, you know, family home that might have been their home for 20 years and their children had their first steps there. And it seems a lot of people yeah. seem to take it on board as quite transactional and, and you seem to take a very different approach. Look, you've always got to be adding value, you know. I think you've got to ask yourself before you go doing anything and certainly posting on social media, you've got to ask yourself, is that more about me or is it more about them, the customer? I think that's a really important question to ask. Um, As I said, you know, agents are quick to post a photo of a signboard, um, but just make sure that there's good intent behind it. What's the story that goes with that, you know, and is there value there for the consumer, for your clients, as well as for yourself, if that's what you're looking for. Exactly. And the process that you've enforced and kind of taken on board in terms of the social media strategy being the forefront of what seems to be, you know, the plan for yourself and the sales team, was that born out of necessity or did that kind of just happen spur of the moment? I'd I'd love a run through of where that was born. So the the whole zero dollar marketing strategy, it, it, just sort of it came together, as I said, out of necessity, not for myself, um, but for a client. So when I first came into sales, I'd listed lovely property, really, really nice two-bedroom apartment here on the northern beaches of Sydney. And um, unfortunately, my vendor was terminally ill and he didn't have any money for marketing and he wouldn't take any money for marketing either. Um, and I felt like I was sort of stuck because I was new. I was new agent in the industry. I didn't have a massive database of my own, but what I had was social media, and I was quite familiar with it. 
So I thought, you know what, I'm just going to go down to the property and I'm going to do a raw video and I'm going to put it out onto my social media. What's the worst thing that can happen? And um, I had sold the property within a 24-hour period for my vendor and sold it for a phenomenal price. And I thought, you know what, that could be a little bit of beginner's luck. I might just see if I can go through and grab any properties that we've just got sitting, you know, that are on the books that were just sitting on our website and there was no money behind them for marketing. And so that's what I did. I started grabbing some of those properties. Um, The vendors didn't want to pay any money for marketing and I started putting them onto my social media and I sold all of them. Wow. And it was at that moment that I realised there was actually a gap in our industry. There was no zero-dollar marketing out there for vendors at all. You know, we'd say, give us five or $10,000, we'll put you on the real estate portals, and if we don't get you sold, there's no, you know, refund for you. Um, but also some vendors don't want to do the whole marketing campaign. You know, many of them, particularly at the moment, just want to dip their toes in and test the market and see mm-hmm. if they can get that rock star price for their property. Exactly. And I found that there's been a shift since COVID in the uptake of people wanting to use that strategy itself. For many reasons. Yes, definitely. So actually timing wise, it's been phenomenal. Um, So there's many reasons why. Again, you know, people are nervous um, about selling because they're unsure about where they may move to because there's not been a lot of stock on the market. So they're very price dependent. All right, so they'll say, Lisa, if you can get me $2 million, we're going to sell, but we don't really want to put the property on the market. Um, In the event it doesn't happen, we don't want to ruin things for later on down the line. Then you've got some vendors who um, need to sell out of necessity and maybe just don't have the funds, and so that works really well for them, you know. Um, And as I said, I think it's important to point out, Dominica, that there was actually... Nothing around when I started in sales three years ago that even offered anything like this. You know, there just wasn't. But we've had social media, as I said, and it was right there at our disposal and it was almost crazy that no one was actually utilising it to the best of its ability. I think it's fascinating, Lisa, and I'd love to know the percentage that you're selling you know, as, as a rounder number, for example, of the properties that you sell through social media at this point now, three years into your journey versus yeah. what that might have looked like three years ago and how big that pendulum swing was. So now 70% of properties are actually sold off my social media. I call it my pre-market strategy or my $0 marketing strategy. Um, 30% go onto the portals and there's a variety of reasons. So, and look, please understand this is nothing at all against the portals. There's a huge um, part that they play in our industry, a massive part that they play, and often I'll put a property onto the portals. Um, it's just giving, it, it's giving vendors and it's giving buyers another option, you know. It's just giving them another option away from the portals. But there's been many a time where if I felt that there was more money to be made out there for my vendors by putting their property onto the portals, then that's exactly what we'll do. And then I've got some other vendors that just aren't interested in that. You know, they just want to go straight to the portals um, for whatever reason. And then we'll, you know, that's certainly the strategy that we'll take. And that was kind of my lead on next question. The approach that you take, obviously being very client-driven and client-first, you've got your plan A and your plan B 
by the sounds of it. When you sit down with the client initially, is the discussion focused around, you know, we're going to do social media first and then potentially portals or is it more a conversation around where they want to drive it? How does that conversation look like? That's a really good question. So it's it's a question that I ask my clients. All right. And I think that's something that we often forget to do in our industry um, because a lot of the industry says, all right, here's the one size fits all strategy. There it is. And this is what we do. We go to realestate.com, we go to domain, and we take the property to auction. Um, that doesn't work for every vendor and it doesn't work for every property. So the, the, the conversation starts with me asking the vendor, what are their needs? What do they want? Are they price driven? Are they time driven? Are they a bit of both? What's their situation? And then I will build that strategy based around what their needs are. All right. Okay. It's, it's a really important conversation to have. Um, and not, not only that, and again, look, it depends. And then I'll execute my strategies depending on what their needs are. So in, in addition to that, there's, there, there's more. Because getting a property onto the portals is time-consuming. Because if you think about it, by the time we get the photographer, the photos come back. Um, We've got drone shots and floor plans and some great professional videos. And then we launch it out onto copy. And then we launch it out onto onto the real estate portals. There's there's likely a, a good few days there. Whereas getting a property out onto social media is instant. I've got my iPhone. We just go live, right? There's no downtime. So even for my clients that want to launch straight to the portals or if that's my advice for them, um, I can much faster immediately get them out to social media and have that pre-market starting, you know, ir- irrespective. Mm-hmm. And you're over there in, you know, God's country, essentially on the northern <laughs> beaches. I know that there's, you know, a, a very diverse demographic. You've got the surfers, the young professionals, the families, you know, the grandparents. Have you found there's a specific client base that takes one strategy over the other? Um, so most people are very happy to start off with the $0 marketing, very happy to. And we can do that for one hour, one day, one week, one month, one year, however long they like. I usually recommend one uh, one week, sorry. Um, the demographic, the older clients, funnily enough, they generally want to do an auction-style strategy. Um, mm. You know, that, that's, that's just generally what they want to do. But again, as agents, it's really important that we listen to what the needs of our clients are. Um, you know, some of them just simply want to launch straight onto the portals and go to auction. Um, mm. And it's generally my more mature age clients, I should say. it's a nice way to put it and shifting gears a little bit Lisa I know that you touched on your marketing history and you kind of work predominantly on the iPhone but have there been any specific skill sets or specific types of training that you've undertaken to kind of get to where you are now and execute it so well no you don't actually need you don't need any training for this in fact um, I am absolutely useless with technology um my husband was shocked last night when an Amazon box arrived at our house, thought it was something for him and opened it up and there was a light that clips onto my phone, um, some cool new little device that I bought. And he was like, what? This is your name. And I was like, I know. Um, so, no, you don't need after three years, right, and selling hundreds of properties this way. Um, that's yeah. the first device I've ever bought. So you don't need anything at all. Um, I think a lot of people overthink this stuff. 
these days, these these phones are so good. The sound is great. Um, at the very most, I might pop some AirPods in to get a little bit of better sound if I'm somewhere noisy. Um, but you don't need training and you don't need devices, no. And there's some incredible devices. You've got like the influencer light rings. I've seen some people at open homes with a gimbal yeah. for their phone so it doesn't yeah. shake but it comes out yeah. quite. It's, it's incredible what they've brought out recently for, you know, social media and it's nice that we're in this kind of time period to lap it all up basically and make the most of it. A hundred percent. And there are, look, you know, and not to say that there's not some incredible devices. You're quite right. There's some phenomenal stuff out there. Um, I just like to keep things very simple. You know, I could be doing three to five hours a day on my social media. So if I had to get out a whole suitcase full of equipment and start (laughs) clipping it all on, I probably wouldn't be able to do the volumes that that I'm able to do. But yeah, there's there's some great equipment out there. Definitely. And the other thing I wanted to ask you was, you know, on social media, and I'm sure there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes, but yourself and your team, you seem quite upbeat. It's quite engaging content. How do you maintain that energy consistently? I think that's just DNA. (laughs) (laughs) In all honesty. Um, uh, Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm always full of lots and lots of energy. It's a lot to tie me out. Um, Look, I think when you're doing something that you really love, very hard to fake that, you know. Um, I actually love what I do. I, I love the fact that I can change lives. I, you know, I love listing and selling property. I have a passion for it. Um, but I also, the whole camera thing doesn't bother me at all either. Yeah. Um, I remember my mum asking me when I was like seven years of age, what do you want to do when you, when you, you know, when you grow up? And I was like, I want to be a news reporter. <laughs> and I think there's a little bit of that coming out maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, I think if you do what you love, um, it's, it's very hard to fake, you know, that, that, that energy. I agree. And I think you've stepped into a, you know, a phenomenal career and with the background now, it looks a bit like a news anchor. So it's, it's a nice fusion for you, I think. <laughs> I might start doing the weather or something. Yeah. <laughs> I know that you're you're in the northern beaches, obviously. And is there a reason that you selected that particular location to kick the business off? Yeah. So my husband, actually, this is a fun fact. So my husband is born and bred northern beaches, um, and started off in real estate here, as I mentioned earlier. And you know, look, it obviously made sense that he was going to list and sell property here on the northern beaches. But in mm-hmm. saying that, I'm actually not from the northern beaches. I'm an eastern suburbs girl. Oh, right. Um, yes. So um, every time I list and sell property here on the beaches, which is where I spend 90% of my time, I have to put on Google Maps because I often don't know where I'm going. Um, <laughs> but in saying that, I'm, you know, still able to be ranked number one in terms of sales and volumes here on the beaches. Um, we've just had a listing in Sylvania, um, which is completely out of area. And um, I list and sell a lot of property out of area as well, areas mm-hmm. that I've never even been to in my life, like Sylvania. Um, but these days it doesn't matter. You know, I think the good old-fashioned days of choosing the agent that's the local corner shop down the road, I think they're over. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're good at your craft, you can sell property, it doesn't matter where you are. It's the strategy and and, and the person, you know, that sells the property. 
I agree. And you've been rated, I believe, top 50 women in REB and also number one most innovative person in real estate. So you're doing something right, obviously. Very proud of that, yeah. No, look, and, you know, I mean, with that, uh, with REB, I was ranked number 21. That was the last calendar year. So it doesn't Mm -hmm. include anything, obviously, from this year. That was from last year. So that was me two years in. Um, And that was an absolute honour to be on a list with 50 women who have been in this industry for 10-plus years um, it's an absolute honour to be amongst some of those women. Yeah, congratulations. I think it's a phenomenal feat. And I believe, you know, some of the ladies up there have been doing it for years and years and not to disregard, obviously, the hard work that's gone into that. But, yeah. you know, you've been in the industry for 20 plus years yourself. So I think it's incredible to change position, obviously, within the industry and, and just take off with it. Yeah, which incidentally, just on that, you know, I had worked behind the scenes for you know, 17 years and thought the transition into sales was just going to be a walk in the park. I was like, oh, just change seats, it's going to be easier. And, you know, I've been working in the background for all these years and got a really, really rude shock when I came into sales and realised that I actually barely knew anything at all and had to, had to start from the ground up. Right. And Lisa, conscious of our time, but before we wrap up, I'd love to know if you could go back, you know, 20 years time, 30 years time, even to seven year old Lisa that wanted to be a news anchor. Is there anything that you would do different or would you stay exactly the same? How would that journey look for you if you could go back? Yeah, that's a really good question. You know, the thing is, is I think what people find the hardest is and why they change careers so often is because they're not doing what they really love. That's the hard part, right? People do what they're told to do. Maybe that's their upbringing. They were told to go to uni. They've got to get a degree, um, whatever, whatever that might be. But I think they struggle for some time until they actually fall into a career that they love. Um, my only regret is that I didn't start this sooner because it took me 46 years to actually work out what it was that I wanted to do. I worked it out eventually. Um, But, yeah, I I really wish I had started doing this a whole lot sooner. Um, Circumstances just didn't allow for it, and that's my life's journey, and that's, you know, I'm thankful for what I'm doing now. Um, But, yeah, I think just trying to really drill down on what it is that you enjoy and what you love, because I think it's very hard to fail if you're doing that. I agree and that. It's phenomenal advice. My parents are from Poland originally and they came out here when they were, you know, 20 years old. I was born here with my, you know, my brother and I, but they were yeah. quite traditional and they stay in their role for yeah. 30, 40 years. I, you know, I come from a tech sales background before I jumped into real estate and it's same to your point. I wish I did it earlier because I finally find what I love and what I love doing every day. It's not a chore to get out of bed. You're not clocking into a nine to five it's a 24-7 job like I've seen on, on the Instagram for you and your team. It is, absolutely. And, look, I'm always saying to my girls, to my children, life, it's like, life is like a game of snakes and ladders, right? You've got to go through this journey to sometimes work it out. You know, I think people think the epiphany happens the week before you leave school and everyone just knows what their career path is going to be. It's certainly not the case. I think you've got to climb a few ladders and go down a few snakes and work it out along the way. But uh, hopefully, you know, eventually we do get there. Couldn't agree more. Thank you so much, Lisa, for the time. I really, really appreciate it. Absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. This is general advice and does not take into account your objective situations or needs. 
You should consider if this advice is suitable to you and your circumstances. Please read any applicable PDS beforehand. Thank you for listening to the podcast.